and my pulse, episode 646. I am your host, Joseph, joined by my co-host, Andrew. Hello. There he is. And we are here to bring you another episode of anime reviews, news, and just, you know, survival tips for this zombie virus outbreak that is currently plaguing our cities. Hmm. Yeah. Still ongoing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem Not to be stopping anytime life. soon. No, no sign necessarily yet. Different trajectories for different countries. I don't know how it is where you are. I suppose that might could be part of your. Well, I, I'm I'm in the capital of the hmm. of the COVID outbreak for the United States. I'm in New York State, which is the hmm. number one. We're number one when it comes to COVID. Uh, New York City being an absolute shit show for cases and deaths due to covid uh, i've mm. uh, been slowly watching the weather underground map like like some kind of zombie survivalist as i see the dark red start to spread out and creep from the city towards us like hands of death coming to grip my neck I see. And in your opinion, what is the main reason as to why it's so bad in your area in particular? Oh, I have an absolute great reason for that. New Yorkers are stubborn as fuck. So they don't give a uh-huh. shit about, like, virus. <laughs> I don't care about a virus. I'm gonna go to the restaurant. Oh, virus? Well, I don't care about that. I'm gonna have a party that I was gonna have. You know how long? I've been planning that party for the last two months. I can't just blow it off now. Right, yeah. so New you're Yorkers saying it's like a, a us. Yeah, it's like a stubbornness to follow regulations and such. Yeah, New Yorkers are very much like, I'm in my own right. I am number one. I am a god among men and women, and I shall do as I please. Hmm. <laughs> I see. Yeah. It's not that we're uncleanly or anything like that. I mean... No. We're about as uncleanly as any other state in the United States, but at the same point, you know... Mm-hmm. I would definitely say that I don't think Cuomo's doing a great job at putting a lockdown on things. He should have just locked everything down, but he's still getting things. He still has some things running, like my company, for instance. And all we do is we ship cabinets, furniture, and fitness equipment. Oh boy, that's a necessity, all right. Let me get you your your wall cabinet for that kitchen you're putting together. Oh wait, your contractor is not showing up because of COVID. Well, darn. How about a mat? How about this mattress? Would you like it? Oh, we can't pick up any. Sorry, your mattress has to stay. But we'll give you this one. You'll have to do something with your other mattress. Burn it, probably. And yes, you, sir, you need that fitness equipment because you can't go outside anymore. Here you go. We'll just leave it here. No, we're not putting it together. Ta-ta. Just, it's amazes me that uh, my company found the loopholes that it does. Yeah, anything to, I suppose, still keep in business and keep on making money. Though I suppose, 
counter to that, at least people are still keeping their jobs, I suppose, more. Yeah, that is that, that is definitely the positive that I'm very thankful for. Like, don't take what I have said with like, with like any kind of like, oh, well, you're obviously you should just be thankful you're working. I am very thankful I'm working. The astounding unemployment rate for New York or for uh, America in general, it's like thirty percent now. Thirty percent of Americans are unemployed. Holy shit! That is mm. a tremendous number, and I'm not one of them. And I don't think I will ever be one of them because we're not closing down. Not unless, of course, Cuomo ups his ante and says all but emergency services have to shut down. So that just means like cops, firefighters, ambulance, that kind of thing. They still have to run, but everyone else, you shut down. End all, mm-hmm. be all. But I don't think that would happen because I think that also includes food service and like gas and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. All all very happy things. But you know what? I uh, if I do have it, I'm most certainly an asymptomatic because I feel fine and you know I still go out and about. I'm not going to any clubs or any parties, but, you know, Friday I went to Moe's and got myself a Moe's, even though I was the only one at Moe's, which I absolutely love. If there's one thing good about this COVID virus thing, it's the fact that my Uh restaurant I go to, no one goes to it in person anymore. It's just me. I love it. I walk in there, not a soul in sight. Just one person behind Mm. the counter being like, oh my God, an actual customer. Welcome. (laughs) It's like, oh, I love it. Ah. Oh. Mm. So, there's uh, there's some social aspects about this virus thing that I don't mind, but at the same time, I would definitely like it if things were back to normal a little bit more. Oh, and on the other oh, yeah. upside, traffic is absolutely at a dead like a dead pause, so like I could just go everywhere and not have to deal with people. Still have to worry about cops though, so it's not like you can speed everywhere like some people were starting no. to do. But yeah, they got the uh, they got the streets open, so it's like I can just hit cruise control sixty five all the way on sixty six without anyone slowing me down. No trucks, no cars, no buses, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, go ahead, take the little things. Yeah. Did we start our real news yet? Uh, I assumed we kind of already were in it. I just, I just kind oh. of assumed we were in it. Well, yeah. unless we uh, didn't officially announce it, we're in our real news now. Yeah, this is... This, yeah, because yeah, all what we were talking about before was just COVID stuff. Ah. Mm-hmm. But, okay, we'll, we'll count that as real news. Um... So what what else like what's positive has been going on with me? Well, I've been playing more Borderlands 3, starting to get into it more. Uh still not feeling the same level of fun from my time in Borderlands 2, likely due to not playing and uh with an online group, even though like right now is the ideal time to play with an online group. But I always do my first run of any Borderlands game solo. 
just so I can like listen to everything. I don't have to worry about someone running off and doing a mission that they just want to do on their own. So, or playing with overpowered characters and not being able to have any kind of challenge. Um, I will also say the main campaign of Borderlands 3 is garbage compared to Borderlands 2, while the side quests in Borderlands 3 are better than Borderlands 2. So while the main antagonists of Borderlands 3, the evil streamers, are absolutely the worst, because compared to Handsome Jack, at least, um, uh-huh. the side quests and stuff are actually pretty amusing. I've gotten a chuckle or two out of them. Okay. That's not fun. Uh, I'm almost done with the new Lost Belt campaign mission in Fake Grand Order, and I was actually able to summon the five-star servant, or at least one of the five-star servants, the one that I cared about, uh, or at least mm-hmm. thought, like, you know, I would, it would be nice to have her. Uh, she is a caster named Anastasia, or Anastasia, who's the, uh, Russian princess. She's the one that got murdered by, uh, by... I think it was, like, the ruling class or, like, her own guards or something like that at some point. I uh-huh. I read about her on a Wikipedia article once, but... Um, it was, like, an animated like, movie about her, too. Yeah, like, she was a part of, like, the royal family that got out of power, and then they were, like, house-ridden all the time. But then, like, some people known as, like, the Whites showed up, and they were gonna, like, reinstate them into power. So, like, I guess the Tsar at that point had them killed. Not entirely uh-huh. certain. Uh-huh. Um, right. but in any case, uh, she has this, like, him-looking thing, or Heim from Witcher 3, uh, some kind of spirit thing she controls, which I guess that's okay, plus some of her attacks are pretty cool, um, and it is a lucky summon overall, because she is a five-star character, and they're pretty hard to get in Fake Grand Order, mm. so, and... Yeah. Oh, and that uh, other manga I talked about last week, uh, Isekai Mekyu de Haramo, is now officially added to my manga lineup. As I have described it before, this is an Isekai series where our main character buys a slave and is slowly working his way into understanding the world around him all the time while banging his slave girl. Every night. <laughs> Oh, it, a lot. Sp- they, they, they explicitly point that out. It's it's a daily routine thing for him. It's like, I get up in the oh, morning yeah, this it's, time it's, I have this. Yeah. They even, like, they show it where it's like they have, like, a yeah. montage of him, like, waking up. They, you know, do their chore things. They go to the dungeon, whatnot. They come back. They bang. They wake up. They do the dungeon thing. They come back. They bang. <laughs> it's just rinse and repeat. And, of course, you know, he's powering up, leveling up, um... It feels like this was a doujin artist who was spurred on by their editor to go full manga because the sex right. scenes are pretty graphic um, and very good. Tastefully done. Uh-huh. Uh, she's got some nice cans on her. I'll say that. Wolf Girl's got, got a chest. Um, and it would appear that he's at least going to have two more slave girls added to the mix in the future. Though at 31 chapters and counting, there's still only the wolf girl. So when that's going to happen, I don't know. Eh, probably when it starts get when the sex starts getting boring, I suppose. Between just him and the wolf girl. <laughs> I guess. Spice it up a little bit. 
It yeah. looks like the next couple will be like a lolly elf girl and a dragon girl or a mermaid girl or something like that. She's either oh, got no. or like a lizard girl or something. Main character's guy's gonna buy a slave lolly. Oh boy. Well, yeah, he okay. yeah you know, he was like a little disheartened about even buying a slave in the beginning, but like the slave dude totally sold him on it. It's like, all right, well, let's think about this. You're gonna go into dungeons, right? That <laughs> means you're gonna have to have a party. Because if you want to fight some of these bosses, you're going to have to have a party. Think about it this way. We're in your party. Oh, there's a chance that they could turn on you. Oh, and that would be terrible because they could cut you out of the deal. They could take all the stuff from you. They could steal you. They could kill you. What a horrible thing, right? Slave girls, I... you don't have to worry about that. Let me tell you. You buy this slave now, I'll include the clothes she's wearing on her back at a discount. Uh, he was like a car know, salesman. He did a good job. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, who'd have thought the person selling a slave would be so good at selling the idea of buying a slave? Oh. Yeah. And justifying it so. Oh, dear. He's, a, he's also a pretty baller looking uh, slave merchant. Uh -huh. He doesn't look schemy at all or scummy. He looks like. Uh, oh, yeah. He looks like someone you'd actually do, like, do your taxes with. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. My favorite kind of person. So. Uh, yeah, Premiere, it's uh, 31 chapters right now. It's up to 31 chapters. Uh, mm. It's it's not bad. It's so far so good, I'd say. Uh, it's also kind of altered my taste, though, when it comes to manga, because I've started, you know, I've gone back and read some older manga that have uh -huh. updated recently, and it's like, damn, this is really immature. Like, the dude's being like, oh, you're too close to me, waifu-san. It's like, wow, what a little bitch. How about you fuck her <laughs> like a real man would, hmm? Oh, <laughs> uh, so you're saying your tastes have evolved. Yeah, to be a bit more mature where it's mm. like, I'm tired yes. of all these limp dick male protagonists that are like, oh, cooties. No, not the girls. I can't. You're too close to my face. Oh. And it's <laughs> like, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's Grow a fucking pair of balls, man. Are you not a fucking 20-something-year-old? Do you not have something between those legs? No? Oh. Get out of my way. Because I got <laughs> new manga. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, that, uh, there you go. That, yeah, that's been my week. You know, just surviving, enjoying new manga, playing games, and... Yeah. Yeah. Cool. How Sounds about, like a how fairly about good week. Any, overall, any other... Any other things going on over there in the land of Andrew? I don't, I don't really think so. I mean, it's just another week in isolation, mostly. There was a scary spell, like, on Wednesday where I actually thought I might have it. Uh -oh. Like, I started feeling really under the weather, and I had flu symptoms and shit. And it was like, oh, I was, re I was fading fast at work. But I, I, I'm now getting to the point where I'm thinking, doubtfully, you know, I'm, I'm fairly doubtful it was COVID, because... Um, you know, I just treated it like a normal flu. I took my medicine, I went for like a power nap, and I started to feel better like in no time. So, like within a day, I already started to feel like I was recovering pretty fast. I thought so. that's what they said you just treat COVID like, just a normal flu, like just Yeah, yeah, rest. yeah. Un unless you have the respiratory, like breathing issues and the, the, the more severe symptoms, you're right. supposed to sort of just house it like a flu. But I mean, I'm just surprised that if it really was COVID, that it went away so quick, you know? 
Because it, it basically, I felt the worst of it on Wednesday, and then it just went away almost like within a day afterwards. So, yeah, and I've just been feeling somewhat sluggish and fatigued since. But like, if that's if that really was COVID, then uh, I guess I got off really lucky. Then if it really was, so I can't say for sure. I wasn't having any. I wasn't having a cough or anything though. You know, there wasn't the. You know, I I usually kind of uh, associate the whole Corona thing with breathing problems and a cough. But I didn't have a cough, or, nor did I have any grieving problems, which I'm fairly lucky for because I'm, you know, in my in my youth I was asthmatic, so I was wondering if that made me particularly at risk if I happened to get corona. But, eh, I don't know. So, either way, that, that was the only scary spell. Other than that, I've just been working as normal. Um, pretty much just burying myself in my work uh, all week. So there's really not much for me to report in the land of Andrew, as you call it, this week. Just, you know, work, play, anime, that's pretty much it. Um, that doesn't sound terrible. Yeah, not so bad, honestly. I, you know, I think I'm coping with the situation better than most would. And, you know, similar to you, I'm I am still lucky enough to have a job and, you know, I'm employed. And luckier still to have one where I can just still stay in, the, in my living quarters and type away at the computer. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways... Uh, enough about me, let's do some community. Uh, there are no comments. Um, nah, I mean, one of them is pretty old, and it's a response to... I read it, it's, it's not really anything that needs to be read out here. Uh, hmm. So moving on to the forum topic, we have one update for last week's forum topic, which was about fan bases. This one's response is by Yotaru Vegeta, and he says... Uh, luckily, no. I hate that what I love is tainted by loud fanboys who want to show, who want a show represented in a certain way. I'm not going to get into sociopolitics, so I'll just leave it at gatekeeping equals wrong. And I think that's something that most of us can agree behind. Agree behind, hmm. get behind. Anyways, that takes us already quite swiftly to this week's forum topic, which is quite simply in one line, what are the factors that decide whether or not you decide to give an anime a shot? So, uh, let's have a look. Did we get a response in the forum itself? Did we? We did. Yes, we did. We got a response from Rampant AI here, who says, If the synopsis or trailer for a new prospective uh, anime looks like it might have a good or creative premise, especially one that might offer the chance for a good story, I'm more likely to give it a try. And if the artwork slash animation looks promising, then that bodes for an even better chance as a winner. An example, yesterday my sons and I saw that CR, I think that's Crunchyroll, had a new first episode posted for Otomi Game no Hametsu Flashikanai uh, Akiak Reijo ni Tensei Shi my life as a villainess, all roots lead to doom. I think that's a brand new one, actually. Uh, we read the synopsis, saw that it was enough different as your typical isekai, and we decided to give it a shot. It was not bad, and entertained us enough that we decided we would continue watching it this coming season. There's an image, but the I think the BB code is broken, because I can't actually see what the image is. But I'm assuming it's of that anime, about the villainess. So yeah. Okay, cool. So, so far it's synopsises and, uh, I guess promotions from Crunchyroll when it's posted. Anyways, 
Uh, going to the Discord for Discord responses. Sigwins comes in with uh, interesting premise, art style, and a good cast and production crew are some things that help me decide what anime to watch. Pumeria then comes in with, when it comes to factors that pique my interest for an anime, there are a number. One can be the who is being the an the who is being the anime studio, director, and cast members. Another factor is story. Do I think it will be an interesting in a story? Uh, in the story related to the second season is the third, and that's the characters in. Oh, see, sorry, I said season. I meant reason. Uh, second reason is the third, and that's the character in said story and their development. Art style and cast also play a part for me, as if a look, as if a look, if off-putting is off-putting. Oh. Yeah, I think that's what you meant. If it is off-putting to me, I am less likely to delve further into the show. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? You can have the best story in the world, but at the end of the day, it's visual medium, so that's understandable. And that that swiftly does it. Thank you very much for everybody's responses to the forum questions for the week. Uh, but before we move on, of course, we will open it up to our panel of experts. One expert, not plural. Uh, Joseph, what, what, what's, what, what's your usual way to distill whether or not something's worth a shake? Uh, typically, it's genres and the synopsis. So okay. whenever I'm looking at like the list O anime that's coming up in the future, I'm looking uh-huh. at genres to see if any of them match up with my tastes in anime. And the synopsis. So, you know, I'll see something like, ooh, that's got, uh, that's got Isekai and Harem in it. And then I scroll down and it's like, you know, if it says something like, Yumi Kikiro has just died and been reborn in a new world. But oh no, all the bears in that world suddenly think that she's the most attractive. It's like, whoops, I'll skip that. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, that one's for furries. I'm not interested. But, uh, you know. It, sometimes I can get off caught off guard because I'll see some stuff where it's like, oh, like that's one genre, but there's some other genres here I don't really care for. Let's check the synopsis, and it's like, oh, all right, okay, I'm, I'm in. That sounds interesting. I'll give it a look. Mm. So, that's those are my factors. It's typically the genres first and foremost, followed up by how the synopsis reads. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, if I have been reading it as a manga, that can also play a part. Ah, that 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 would yeah, <clears throat> that put up the priority. And I suppose it's like it, it, it's the fact would be you read it as a manga, and it's not something you dropped as a manga. It's something that you liked as a manga too, and might still be reading even. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, if it, it wouldn't do any good if it was like a manga that you didn't like or just dropped really quickly. Indeed, and there may be some manga like, for instance, like No Guns Life. Where I enjoy the manga, but I do not want to watch the anime. Or My Hero Academia. I like reading the manga, but there's no way you're going to catch me watching the anime. <clears throat> oh, no way. I didn't know you were that adamant about it. I just, I'm not into watching shonen anime anymore. I don't mind reading the manga because I can kind of just like flip, 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 flip. Okay, I get the, I get the general idea of this chapter. But with yeah. anime, it's like, ugh, if I skip over this and that, like I might miss something. Then again, nice. the anime's still catching up with the manga, so it's not like I'd lose out on that much. Yeah, and I might even like consider My Hero Academia would be, amongst shonen shows, more of an exception, given that it's animated by Bones, who are 
quite up there. They're they're good tier studio. Mm. So somewhat like how uh, you know we watch Demon Slayer. That's a shonen shonen jump manga, but it's done by ah, what are they called again? Ufo Table, and they make really right. clean, smexy looking anime. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that does it for my answer. How about yourself? What factors go into what make you watch anime? All right, so part of it, so part of the parameters are what's the, the jokey side of things, right? Because you know, since um, joining a podcast multiple years ago now, I suppose um, I usually have, to, you know, I usually try and give things more of a shake than I used to, just because it has potential to be at least previewed and written about. Um, there, are, there is the this, this, this shows that are silly that I just give a shot regardless, you know. Um, if if a, if a thumbnail, these are stupid reasons, by the way. If a thumbnail has four main girls on it, and there's no guy character in the poster, and it's called and it's got the tags comedy slice of life, and especially if it's done by Studio Dogokobo, I'll probably give it a shot for just funny sake, just to see what the damage is. But if we're being serious, and anime, I think is genuinely going to possibly be good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to say, I quite contrast with quite a few of our responses here. To me, the synopsis is one of the lesser um, important reasons. And that's not because, you know, the concept is necessarily uh, not important at all to me. It's because whenever I read through live chart, um, the blurbs that people write, they usually it's picked up from Anime News Network or sometimes it's written by Mal or Crunchyroll. A lot of the descriptions are not just don't quite do the show justice, you know? They, they, they somewhat fail to capture what it's actually really going to be about or like the nuances or the real hook behind the show. It's not necessarily their fault. Anime is just that way where you just kind of have to watch to believe. So a lot of the times, you know, the the, the description itself doesn't play as much of a role for me. I mean, let's this, this, this think about Demon Slayer as an example. We both really like Demon Slayer. But like, if you were to write the blurb down, it's just like, Guy's family gets, you know, gets killed except for his sister, who's a demon, and now he's on a journey to go try to find a cure. You know, it's not... It, on paper, it doesn't sound like the most interesting thing ever, but it's the execution that made that anime quite, you know, really good by the end, right? So that's that's one of the reasons why concept... And, it's, and on the flip side of things, there's a lot of anime that have a really boring synopsis. Like, you know, there's a lot of skill dramas, you know, a lot of skill romances, a lot oh, of, yeah. you know... Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those out there that sound similar... But it's the execution that will, you know, that really makes them stand out and makes one romance better than another romance that you get in anime. So that's why that doesn't play as big of a factor for me. First off, I suppose would be studio. That's one of the ways it's sort of worked out for me now is that studio tends to play a big role. So you know, I know to look out for if it's something that's by Mappa, it's probably going to be presented well. If it's by Madhouse, it's probably going to be a really good animation at some point. Bones, you know, there's 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 some just heavy hitters that I look out for. And then ones that I don't have that much faith in in general. You know, nowadays, like, I think, was it Kinema Citrus is up and coming? You know, if it's like um, Studio 7, it's probably going to be funny. Or Studio Project 9, it's probably going to be kind of just silly as well. You know, I just watch those ones for meme factors. But, you know... You know what I mean? So studio's one of the reasons. Uh, art style. Uh, I, reson- I agree with whoever else said that. Art style, definitely. Because, you know, you have to see it before you have to watch. You know, what? Well, before you have to watch it. Sorry, mm-hmm. English. Yeah, but you get what I mean. Um, right. 
And um, more recently, A Stranger Way has been like, uh, while I've been working, I, I bet a lot of people have this sort of issue too. I've just been exhausting my playlists of music to listen to while I work now because so much of it is now spent at home in the computer. Um, that I've got these long compilation videos that I've just been binging on YouTube in the background that is just like these long, hour-long collections of people who've just put a bunch of anime openings, like the full songs, together in a montage. Like, one after the other. And so nowadays, like, sometimes I'll hear a song and I'm like, huh, that sounds interesting, what anime is that from? And then I'll look at it and I'll look it up and I'll be like, huh. I guess I'll add it to watch later. So nowadays, actually, anime openings have now started to play a role in, as to whether or not I'll give something a look. Um, you know, uh, if somebody makes reference to it, recommendations, suppose that's something, no, so no, not really mentioned recommendations, but if people recommend anime, I tend to give it a look more often than not. Um, I actually have a few in the recommendations channel here on Discord that I've just added to my watch to later. So, you know, users like Alga Zero. Uh, Mal and uh, Pimberia have recommended shows in the past to me. I think Midnight Crew was the one that was more adamantly got me to watch Beastars. So yeah, I suppose recommendations recommendations would be the last factor as well. And that about does it, I think. I'm not so much somebody who follows like the cast or specific voice actors or anything like that seiyu because i could i think that could probably be another reason why somebody might check an anime out would be like the seiyu that are doing it mm -hmm. but, right nah. if your favorite yeah. seiyu or exactly they might want to support their favorite voice but that's not so mm -hmm. much of one for me but yeah there you go very cool uh, before we move on to the industry news i actually got an email from yotaro vegeta Ooh, how exciting. It's, a, it's a reading for the Health Apocalypse Honey Badger. Yeah, it reads, mm. <clears throat> Joey, have you read Nejimaki Kaguyu? I came across it because someone on the internet dared to ask, is all manga for kids? And they used this one as one of the examples. The basic story is that a girl trains really hard in order to destroy anything or anyone who tries to harm her, her guy or get with him. Love is beautiful, isn't it? Be well, Yotaru. And uh, yes, I have in fact read Nejimaki uh, Kagyu Yotaru. In fact, it's one of the manga I'm still following, although it's a manga that I'm definitely in the camp of. This should have ended already, because it's just... Boy, howdy. It is just something that you wish... It's getting a little crazy. Like, right now, the fighting is just like, wishy-wishy, slash-slash, motion blur, motion blur. And it's like, oh, just get to the point already. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> we all we all understand it, but they just keep being like, that's not the final form. She's got another power level under her power level, under her power level, under her power level. It's like, someone break that record, give it a, little, a punch. Yes, thank you. Mm. <laughs> Oh. So, um, it started out a lot more cohesive than it is now, where it's just like, anime Jesus has no emotions, so he's getting people to fight so that he'll feel something. That's like the premise of it right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. I see. So it's, it's a little bit drawn out, played out, but you're still reading it, right? Oh yeah, I'm still reading it. I'm reading it because I'm invested at this point where it's like, I just want to see the end. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. It's got one of those male protagonists that's like, I'm your teacher. I can't I can't be in, I can't be involved with you. But I just watched a manga that just ended, the Gal Gohan, uh-huh. where that was completely like we've made it to the end and there you go. Sensei has finally accepted his students' love and they'd be making babies. And it's like, ha, ah, what a good ending. Ah, so that one actually did finally finish, huh? Yep, it actually ended, and it ended on a great note where it's just like, Gal Girl got her sensei, and she got preggers, and they're having kids, <laughs> and all happiness. Yay! So, yeah, I think that one's going to be turned into an anime, if I remember correctly. In any case, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. at... Uh, that does it for that email. Just wanted to get that out there before we move into our industry news. Cool. Very nice. Which uh, you have two and I have one, so time to make like a hot dog and bun me. Okay, I still have so, certain uh, issues with the wording of that, but we'll just carry on as if that was. I didn't break. I didn't break out the ketchup or mustard, mm. or you know. Okay, well, it's, I suppose it's better <laughs> than mayonnaise. So, <laughs> anyways, um, so recently, uh, a little-known company known as Funimation, maybe you've heard about it if you're a Western anime fan, um. Mm has well they made an announcement last month about um being a, a little bit more involved let's say uh, for those who don't know they're involved in the sort of distribution the like lo- the localization and dubbing of anime for the western market they're a huge figure in it like there's they've got very few competitors like fizz media and such but funimation's by far the largest um but more recently they went on a, there was a long discussion apparently held somewhere that's been transcribed here around the fact that they will be um, functioning in anime production committees for the foreseeable future. So their involvement in the creation of anime will go further than simply just dubbing and localizing as if that wasn't already maybe a bit too much responsibility for them. So mm. uh, some excerpts from said discussion is uh, Funimation is listed on the production committee for free titles during the winter 2020 season, Hatena Illusion, ID Invaded, and Plunderer. They've also been on an anime production committee for titles like Fruits Basket 2019, Fire Force, and Dimension W. Due to the work they've done and strong relationships the company has built with Japanese partners in licensing shows from them, they were invited to participate on these committees to help fund these productions directly. Instead of simply licensing rights to a finished show, as companies usually do, Funimation is now able to take part ownership of some titles directly bringing, uh, when bringing them to the rest of the world. There's no fear about losing the rights to these shows either. They are here to stay in the Funimation library for perpetuity. Conversely, Funimation is trusted by the rest of the committee to use their international expertise to better market the show to foreign viewers and provide more detail input to the other Japanese companies regarding what fans abroad would like to see. It's a win-win. <laughs> Mm. Anime is no longer focused solely on the Japanese market. Japanese companies are looking to foreign fans' interests 
uh, fans' interest in titles more than ever before to increase the financial return on their investment as well as allow them to reinvest that money into new productions of ever higher animation quality. That's very corporate speak. This means that the subscriptions to Funimation and purchases of home video releases, digital downloads, and merchandise supervised by Funimation will help creators in Japan more directly than have having a finished title licensed as is would. And while it's only been a handful of titles in the past, there's a future where Funimation and companies like it are on the production committee for more and more shows. The more uh, the more involved they get in these in, in helping these shows resonate around the world, the stronger these relationships grow, and the more people get to experience the brilliance of anime. That's the future we're here for. End of statement. So, um, uh, yes, they will have the TLDRs that they will have a um much larger say on the finished product, and from the sounds of it, even have more of an ownership on it. Um, but of course they are assuring us this is all well and good for the production companies themselves. Um, yeah, there's this, this, uh, article then gets into some, you know, concerns about, you know, how reliable Funimation can be once given this sort of power, not just because they are owned by Sony, but also because of their history of changing and interjecting some bits of, uh, politics, real world stuff, and censorship within anime. More recently we had that whole, was it, Ishukan reviewer stuff, there was, uh, lines in the anime you know, there was this, the thing of Hajime to no Gal, references to Gamergate from, uh, Prison School, Lukua from Kobayashi, Kobayashi's Dragon Mate, talking about the patriarchy, very topical. Um, mm. And when they were called out on this, Funimation immediately playing the victim card and being like, oh, no, stop harassing us, essentially, instead of properly addressing the the actual backlash. Um, and then there's just the cringy shit where, you know, part, you know this this uh, article then takes a shot at how they try to, like, there's a very hello fellow kids sort of moment where they try to, like, put memes into some of their other localizations of anime. The example they give here is Senkosan. I don't really know much about that, but yeah. So, I I guess it's I guess it's one of the things you just play by ear because we don't know exactly how much you know how how their involvement in the committee will really influence the creation of it. There certainly is more control there. What figures in Funimation will be part of said committee? There's a lot of details that we don't know, but obviously my trust level is fairly low given the last year. Yeah, track, track record, record so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So given that, my trust isn't very high, but you know, it may it might not be the way um that the headline of this article puts it worded that uh, the headline's like anime potentially doomed. I don't I don't know about that. But, I think you know? it could just be like don't watch the shit they put out, you know, watch fan dubs or mm. fan subs and stuff like that so you don't have to exactly. listen or watch the shit that Funimation touches. Because that's what I do. All my stuff is 100% purely source fan material. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, that makes sense. I mean, at the end of the day, you are not... There is another way should you not want to support said company and still manage to enjoy your anime. Um, Mm -hmm. And until some other company finds that, you know, a way to tap into that market that Funimation is missing, um, you know, I will get by. Something you have it better than some other places like Japan itself is no bastion of non censorship with their anime as it is, and it's hard to get in touch 
you know, like, you were talking about how they keep on trying to clamp down more on manga releases online and such, you know, so. It's a struggle wherever you go, that's what I'm saying. So, it's not all doom and gloom. But, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just, I find that, I said it before the show, I do find it insulting, the whole part about, like, oh no, we're gonna try and make things palatable for the West, because it needs to be, mm-hmm. like, you know, localized for us, and I'm like, you didn't realize that there were anime fans before there were big production dubbing companies and shit, you know, when it really was all just fan subs. We like anime as it is, and maybe some of the reason it sells is because it's different from the shit we get over here. Just saying. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Black Magic actually brought up a good question. How are we to support the medium then if we, you know, if I, if like for myself, just get everything through torrents? Well, that is an interesting question. A lot of artists are doing direct, like, Patreon, PayPal, GoFundMe kind of stuff, so you don't need to support publishers and whatnot. You can just support them directly. Give your money directly to them, which, you know, I have actually done for some of the artists I enjoy their work that they do, so I support them directly. Not, of course, all artists will be in the same category. Some of them are too big. And, you know, if you, like, say, like, you want to purchase, you know, uh, you want to purchase the Senko-san full of memes because you want to support the official release, that's a decision you're going to have to take the good with the bad. You know, yeah. every rose has its thorns. So if you want the material and you want to support the official release, well, then buy it. Like, for instance, when I was Absolutely. purchasing yeah. Monster Musume... Or when I was buying um, that other one that Okaido put out, which I can't remember right now. It's like uh, Seven Beasts or something like that. I was buying it because I wanted to support him. Mm-hmm. But I could not stand the dialogue that they had absolutely shat on with American slang and bullshit that just absolutely was uncalled for and unnecessary, but because the translator they hired was a freelancer who didn't give two shits about the source material, he decided he wanted to make it funny and add in his own shit, which, you know, I decided to Mm. no longer buy it. And I, you know, I even wrote a little message to Okaido being based like, sorry, dude, you're getting, Mm. your material is basically being garbage-fied in you know na releases so Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna buy it if you gave me a different way to support you i would but i can't yeah i can't put up with this stuff i will continue to just get scandalations from people who do a good job of fan sub or fan uh translating it but that's it yeah and honestly i do think as harsh as that sounds i think that is a somewhat fair approach to take i mean because the thing is is that I understand it. It's like you said, if you really, really want to support, and even if like a fraction of what you pay goes to the people you want it to go to, and you, that's why the reason you support, more power to you. But at the same, you know, I get what you're saying there, Joseph, about how, to an extent, if you want to be able to make money off something, it's also part of your responsibility to make it available in a way that your audience or your customers want. For example, <laughs> if you wanted to get supported online and you have a Patreon up, for instance and somebody really doesn't like Patreon because of whatever reason, it's up to you to have another way for people to be able to support your work online. Very true. To an extent, for sure. It's like if you have a storefront, I mean, you have a great product, but if you don't have a storefront for it, then 
what's the fucking point, you know? And some of these companies, you know, I, I for one would really be behind if these anime companies, you know, stepped into the modern era and just had their own website with their own like, inbuilt embedded video player. And you essentially could subscribe or just pay money directly to the companies you want to pay for. Just completely mm. cut out the middlemen. But, you know, that's not going to happen, I think, with the rate things progress. And how backwards yeah, and, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, with the slow adoption of technology over there in terms of, like, streaming and shit. But yeah, yeah. Good question, though, Black Magic. Good question. Oh. Well, uh, that was quite the uh uh the meaty meaty piece of shank from the uh mm. calf so uh how about a little bit of brisket something to cleanse the palate hmm. i don't know if brisket's a good cleanser for shank just it's a different cut of meat well meat then meat seems to work off really well you know foreshadowing our Shokugeki laser. <laughs> mm. Works for that. Mm. Well, my piece of meat is about Kamiket 98. You know, the Kamiket that got cancelled. Well, it's not uh-huh. all bad news. You see, the catalog, which basically told you all the different doujin that were going to be available for purchase at this Kamiket uh, market and tell you where they were and all that kind of stuff, gave you all the basics, that was still in production. And was still selling. In fact, the catalog actually briefly became the best-selling book on Amazon Japan on Saturday. After the comic market committee asked people to purchase the catalog to support the event in the future. Comic at 98.9. So, all the proceeds from the comic market 98 catalog sales will be going to the comic market committee to support the future plannings of future events not necessarily that they need the money um because comiket always does well it's not like it would not do well in fact if covid hadn't canceled it it would have done fantastic still even if covid Mm -hmm. was still a scare otakus would have risked it you probably would have seen them all wearing hazmat suits if they could just purchase their doujin Uh uh-huh and it's not necessarily a great thing for artists either who may have started production of their own on their own doujins and you know had hundreds of doujins ready to sell and now they can't sell them well they can always go to the next comiket but you know that means they have to last another potentially year before it happens because mm. there is the winter one uh, the winter yeah. comiket that may still happen, and of course, there's still no uh, discernible yes or no on the Tokyo Big Site event, which is comiket related. But we'll see whether or not those artists can potentially make it because they'll still have to go. And all this really means is that the comic market committee that did do planning for it will make some reimbursement. It won't be a lot, but it'll be something. Yeah, it's more like a little bit of recuperating of costs. Sort of like a bandage. Hmm. There's a plaster for you. So, there's some uh, there's some good news. Um, apparently, the uh, the the shopping chains, uh, 
Taro no Anna and Melon Books are both offering bonus illustrations drawn by Dojin artists and other goods for those who do purchase or pre-order the catalog through their stores. So there you go. So a little bit of something extra for for Kamaket that never happened. The 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 Kamaket that leave, always leave us wondering what could have been. Yep, what could have been. Hmm. Well, you know. All this Kamaket stuff has got me kind of hungry. Mm, mm. Maybe Again, you have thematic. some some news <laughs> that would uh, satiate yes. my hunger. Well, I'm not sure you'd want to eat this appetizer for the main course, <laughs> to be fair. But, you know, we have a main course coming up afterwards. Because um, these cakes be old. 20-year-olds, in fact. Almost Ooh. as old as me. Not quite. Um, but, y'all probably, if you've been around the anime Mangascape for a while, you probably have heard of a, a little person called Azumangadayo. Really, it's like an old four-panel comic featuring mm -hmm. a bunch of schoolgirls. Very unique concept, I know. But at the time, maybe it was a little bit more unique. Um, so anyway, the show's over 20 years old now, and some old merchandise had resurfaced recently. Some Azumangadayo cakes. I believe they're Limited edition manju cakes um, have now been resold, being about 20 years old, for 20,000 yen, which comes to around 200 uh, American dollars. Um, it's a foodstuff that's um, seen as a rare collectible. It's um, The manga itself began publishing in 1999. The TV anime is actually only 18 years old, so this actually this the, these these cakes are actually older than the anime. Actually, um, the seller was kind enough to point out that these confectionery items did expire on September 30th, 2001, so they may be dangerous if eaten. Though what probably did reduce the value a little bit is that the seller did admit that 10 years ago he did actually open the box. So that probably did reduce the values ever so slightly. Possibly could have been worth more than 20,000 yen. But anyways, seems to be in good condition regardless. This uh, auction itself did spur a bunch of other people to start posting images of other limited edition foodstuffs. Uneaten anime themed foods. Such as fish sausages from Lucky Star. Expiry date 2009 August. Um, Love Plus Manju. That expires in September 2010. Um, Macross Frontier Canned Grapes, which expired in October 2010. Um, what's this? Can't I Collection Coolant Water? I didn't think water would expire, but it expired in 2015, apparently. It's probably something else in it, I suppose. Um, Snow Hatsune Miku Sakuma Drops, which was best before 2013, January. Um, I don't know how you pronounce that. Le Arc, Le Arc N Sale. 20th anniversary bottle of water, which expired on May 2012. Again, with the bottled water expiring. And, yeah, so... I guess it could be, know. like, if there was... Hmm. Maybe, like, the seal isn't, like, any... Isn't, like, tested to last that long, so, like, bacteria could get in. Yeah. It, it also could just be, like, a health standards thing. Like, they have to have it on there, otherwise it could risk lawsuits. There's that, too. Oof. Could be. Those uh those Sakuma drops got a little rust on that tin. Mm. 
But yeah, it just goes to show, uh, even items that are past their practical use can still sell for a hefty sum when you're selling to otaku. I suppose. So ending on a more lighter... Well, more anime-branded liquor, like Rampant AI suggested. Ooh. That will last a long time. Hmm. I also heard anime-branded tea leaves as well. It also go Ooh. pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a mix of... Anime-branded honey. It will never expire. <laughs> Oh, honey never, yeah, honey literally never expires. There you so it go. Have to be this, themed. You get some, uh, you get Bichon to make your honey, and then Bichon honey, 10 hundred years later, will be like, it's Bichon honey, you can still eat it. Mm. <laughs> Worth a trillion gazillion dollar or, uh, credits, because we'll move to credits by then. Hopefully. Probably. Yes. Or you pay, or it's like that film where you, everybody has like a car. A, a number value on their wrist. That's how much time you have left to live, and you pay by time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, that does it for this piece of news. I think that's just run its course. Alrighty ah, then. Good gift you posted. And there. yes, that uh, that knife scene. Yeah. Such a good part. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also like right around the same part where like the teacher starts talking about all her adventures and having sex to all the girls. Yes. Yeah, it is. That's like what, also one of the great parts because they just listen to it and they are like, we respect you so much in the morning. And she's like, what the mm -hmm. fuck did I say? She gets drunk. Yeah, she gets drunk. <laughs> and then like, while she's talking, just like acoustic guitar music plays. So you don't actually hear what she's saying. And, and stuff, I think it's like focused on the girls' imagine. faces while she's talking. Yeah, yeah, it. during the whole time. Yep. <laughs> she's imparting the wisdom, <laughs> the great wisdom. Yeah. Anyways. Yes, anyways, shall we uh, impart some great wisdom on our review now? Yes! Much, much wisdom to be had in this show in particular. Yes, and that is the fourth season of Shokugeki no Soma, the fourth play, Fusion... Shin no Sara. Ha! Fusion... Hmm. Oh yes, that's right. That's the that's the sound bite you use. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're now yeah. Shokugeki's fourth season. Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, I would say the biggest alteration from what season one was like so far. Yes, I agree um, with that. Yep, sir. No, not necessarily a good thing, as we have lost a lot of the charm that season one did have. This is oh, yeah. definitely a season meant for watchers of the previous seasons. And to us, mm -hmm. some extent, those who read the manga and don't mind the loss in detail uh, for, you know, animation and voice acting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, also, also, if you're a huge fan of Erina, she gets a lot of, like, this is mm -hmm. her character development arc. This is where she gets to finish her... Her big arc. So. Oh. But yes, I may, that may be getting ahead of ourselves. What about the... What, what's, what's the overall synopsis? What's the sitch with this season? Uh, well, um, if you don't really recall what happened previously, here's a little bit of a refresher. Basically, the God Tongue's Edina's father, Azami, showed up, took over the academy, made a bunch of changes to the way things are done, 
made enemies of Soma and the rest of the gang. They challenge his authority by taking on the Elite Ten and a bunch of corrupt tests set up by Izami. This season starts off immediately after the last one ended. Um, and they're kind of just basically recapping what they're doing. Where Soma, Arena, Megumi, and Takumi are just talking amongst themselves, being like, Oh yeah, this train is taking us here to do this battle, to do that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yep. Ali, and they, they somewhat Ali. they introduce the people they've recruited as well, because amongst mm-hmm. them we also have like a person who is barely in the previous season that's in their team, and an ex-villain. Oh yeah, uh, one of the yeah. Elite Ten who... Uh, decided not to support Azami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Um, yeah. It's far more, I would say, Master Chefy this season. Oh, yes. Very, very much like it's a gauntlet of opponents from the Elite Ten who face off against Soma and crew while everyone else is locked up in a literal cage again. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think I don't know if I remember them saying that they don't actually have to be in that cage. It's just they're allocated flavor seats, text. But, you know. Yeah, I think so. I think it's like they just feel the need to <laughs> because it's, it, it it just matches the situation. But you know, by this point, eh, <laughs> being expelled doesn't really make you go in prison. It just means you're actually it's the opposite. You're kicked out, really. But eh, anyways, uh, yeah, and that's that in itself is a bit of a shame. But uh, it is a tournament arc, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. Team Shokugeki. So instead of one-on-ones all the way through, uh, there's a lot of co-oping going on, people passing stuff to each other. Uh, the rounds involve the rebel forces versus the forces of Central, as mm-hmm. uh, Joseph talked about, from led by Azami. And also the number one ranked, because the, the skill has those ten elites, essentially, and yep. number one and two, and... Think free? No, free is the ramen guy. I think actually, one, one and two, and a bunch of the other higher numbers. Um, they're the ones that are leading the charge for Central, and so basically they'll be having these one-on-one duels against uh, Soma's team, where they will reveal a key ingredient and have to ba- battle them. Um, sometimes out of their element and against their opponent's specialty, no, de- no less. And uh, they've got their panel right. of judges there. Yeah. Meanwhile, the side cast of characters narrate, essentially. Yeah, they, they're they like, they just squawk, hoot, and holler for the most part. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, go get them! Well, well. In fact, those two guys, that's all they do. Every single scene <laughs> yes. you see them show up, they're just like, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I still don't understand. Even No, it's not even just for this season. I still don't understand their point throughout the entire series. <laughs> They've just always been there, but they don't have a special, like, you know, a bunch of the other side characters at least all have, like, a special and, like, a, you know, an ability of some kind. These two guys are just kind of speedwagoning all the time. I don't hate them, but I don't know their purpose still. Um, maybe the next arc? I really doubt it, but, yeah. Um, but, yes. So that's essentially it. We're in Hokkaido, I think, but you wouldn't really be able to tell. Because it's all because indoors. Yeah, we're almost entirely indoors in a just like a lit up stage area where they're cooking. So mm-hmm. you would be forgiven for thinking this might actually just be the regular school where they held the autumn elections, honestly. Um yeah, but, uh, yeah, there's I don't no know. locally sourced ingredients either. It's all completely it's like this is from Africa, this is from here, this is from there. 
Oh. Yes. Actually, good point you it's... mentioned. Master Chefy. Like, it's less about like taking simple dishes and putting spins in them. They in this this, this uh these food battles. They go a lot more in-depth and go more to food theory, going like, this is a technique they use in France to do this with this ingredient, and this is how you cook mm -hmm. this. And they're a lot more conceptual with how they describe the food this time. You know, like, oh, this led to this umami, and the, the detail is a lot more, when it comes to describing the food, is a lot more in-depth. But at the same time, I'd probably argue that this does lead it to becoming a little bit harder for me to grasp like the you know like a lot of these things it gets so complicated that where almost you'd need to be able to taste to really get the nuances of what they're talking about you know um mm -hmm. whilst there's almost like a bit of simple pleasure behind like you know soma makes a simple steak he cooks it in honey and it you know it enhances the flavor this way so you do lose a little bit of that you know that simplicity that kind of you know yeah helped it very for much the first so. two seasons a bit yeah a little bit at least, at least Soma himself keeps a, a lot of that, though. Like, he'll open up unorthodox stuff. He'll open packets of food. Yeah, he'll just be like, oh, I got, some, uh, I got some eel shavings in my pocket for some reason. I'll just throw those in there. Exactly. So, at least Soma still has that going for him. But, yeah, a lot of the other characters are using, like, high cuisine stuff. And, and at the end, this does make some of them less memorable. I can't even really remember... I know it had deer in it, but I can't even really remember what number one guy, like Elite 10 number one guy's final dish really was. It was deer meat, and I can't... If you were to ask me what were the reasons it was really good, I... All well, I could, I like, maybe tell you is, like, like, uh, the... the graphic they used for describing it, which, you know... A lot yeah. of those this season, I felt, were overshadowed just by the clothes exploding, which, boy, oh boy, they do a great job of explaining just how clothes do shred in this series, because they got science to back it up this time, boys. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> the gifting yeah. pulse. Ooh. Yeah. Oh One my of the god! More unorthodox and ridiculous anime abilities they probably are there. Probably in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. It's, Where... it's the explanation behind it's so loose too. It's so specific, right? <laughs> Where it's like, um, if you if people from Nakiri's family, so that's Irina, her dad, also her granddad, probably too. Don't even need to be related so by delicious. blood. You just have to marry into the family. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you don't even have to be blood related. Um. Oh, which means Emotos are on the table for this ability as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, if you have if you have this, you will cause other people around you to suddenly disrobe, as they put it in the subs, mm -hmm. when you eat something delicious enough. So it is a it's it has a um, utilitarian purpose because we have a villain who wouldn't willingly admit the food is delicious when he's you know it's in his best interest to not like this food. So the right. fact that so, it's so delicious that, yeah. Meanwhile, all the hot female characters around him, their clothes are exploding, and he's just exploding. sitting there stone-faced, and it's like, oh, we know yeah. what you think, really, Azami. <laughs> yeah, admit it, as, like, every, yeah, each person. Except conveniently for Irina herself and Soma. Doesn't blow for yeah, them, because I guess they are Yeah, those are the only chefs. two who don't get affected this season. All the, all of the other ones, by the end of it, their clothes all come off. Mm-hmm. Maybe blowing off. Yeah.
Yep. And I think that's probably <laughs> the most effective use so far of the like in the season of that, in at least the season itself. Because, I mean, it's probably maybe it's just me. I don't know if it's like the amount of effort that's going into them nowadays. But I, I'm I was kind of surprised that getting to this fourth season, like the whole food gasm thing, doesn't have as much of a punch to me as it did for the mm. first and second season. Yeah, just I in agree. General. Very much so. Like it used to impact me like a lot more. Um, but nowadays it's just, you know, it's, I think it's probably cause it's not necessarily the animation's fault entirely. Although I have heard the term like windows movie maker slideshow being thrown around a lot when describing some of the scenes in this, because, you know, they have a thing where the background becomes those speed lines and it's just right. the camera panning over them cooking, going like, Oh look, I'm cooking. And then speed lines and the camera's shaking and making it look exciting. But like, it's not got like Sakuga animation where it's like lots of frames going on here and lots of cool camera angles. But when it comes to the foodgasms themselves, you know, they, they, they don't have um, as many of those hallucinations. We've talked about this in the past, actually. Like, there's not as many really creative hallucinations that happen with it. Yeah, it's it, just simply... For the most part, it's just the clothes exploding. Or, like, they'll, go, they'll do, yeah. like, the from, like, the original, very first foodgasm, like, that uh, the realtor oh, yeah. has or whatever, where her yeah. clothes just exploded while there's, like orange fizzy stuff floating around them like the umami and it's just oh like, yeah that's kind of that was great for that scene but then like every scene since that's built it up i mean just think of like the scene with the honey where the dude who never smiles smiled for the first time after he ate the honey prepared meat that soma used that yeah, scene yeah, yeah. was better than any mm-hmm. of the hallucination scenes that we got from this season yeah and this one yeah, they they are fan servicey as they are as they always have been, but there's just a little bit less creativity behind it and less punch. And that might also just be because of how formulaic each match kind of is. Like you know, I don't know how many matches. Well, you've read the manga, so probably not. But I mean, I don't know how many matches. Otherwise, you would have went into this going like, I wonder who's going to win. You know, yeah. <laughs> because there's you know there's plot armor going on here as well. Um, it's it's very like here's a character. Here's the specialty. The side characters in their cage will commentate. They'll trash talk. They'll cook. And then basically you get the judges. Foodgasm. Oh, also before that, we'll have a flashback on the Elite 10 member that they're going against or something to give them some backstory because... Yeah. Uh, that's, gotta that's humanize the them. I kinda have. Yeah, you gotta humanize them. Um, actually, honestly, while we're on that subject, that's one of my sort of problems, I suppose, with going into this. It's, it, it felt a bit rushed to me because... I, I felt like the Elite 10 members were really built up for the previous seasons, and I wanted to see, like, each one really kind of get their own, almost their own arc and develop and such. But some of them kind of got, like, a, a villain of the week sort of treatment, where it was like, this guy is into sushi, cause this. This person's into ramen. This girl is, likes cute stuff since she was a kid, and she's just really good at doing cute stuff. And... There wasn't even any tying into, like, why does the girl who likes cute stuff want to align herself with Central? You know, that might have been good to know. Yeah. You know you know what I mean? I just kind of felt like the Elite 10 didn't get enough development. I kind of think number one and number two, they were fine-ish. Even then, and it, it was, was bit... Rindo, um, Rindo and... and uh... What's his name? What's his It begins uh... with T, right? What's his name? I'm, I'm I can't. Wait, well, wait, wait, wait. I, I, uh, I find it. I find it. It's uh, Tsukasa. 
Sukasa. Sukasa so Rindo and Sukasa. Sukasa being number one, Rindo being number two. Rindo only joined because Sukasa joined because she probably has a hard on for Sukasa, at least from what I've gathered. She likes. Yeah, her. it was very much a like. Let's go become elite ten. Well, I'll become number two if you become number one. And then she didn't really think they'd actually do it. Then they did it, and then he lost mm-hmm. interest. Yeah. And then, creepy enough, Arena's dad always is able to, like, materialize them himself in people's backstories at the right Just place Just driving right a time. car, mm, yeah. how's in it going, car. kid? <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. I thought that was so weird. It's like, oh, hey, I happen to be in Vegas. Remember <laughs> me, kid? I'm like, oh, this is weird. Oh, this got weird. <laughs> I don't know about this. I'm not stalking you at all. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> I can get in my sports car. I'm not trying to impress you or anything. No. That was weird. Uh, but yeah, no. so I mean, I think they were fairly developed-ish, but a bunch of the other Elite 10 members, man, they were undercooked to me. Um, oh! I, I know, had to. Had to use it once. I, I, I also didn't mind Ishki, you know, the, the guy who's always in a loincloth. I didn't mind his. It was fine, I guess. That, I like that one, but they did it better in the manga of explaining it, oh, where yeah. it gave you far more of a romantic touch of where he's like, he almost proposes ah. to her. And like, oh. just like gets on his knees, like, would That's you nice. marry me? And you know, it's, it makes it feel mm-hmm. more like, holy shit, this is mm-hmm. like good. And then in, in this one, it's more just like, oh yeah, well, he maybe looks up to her. Maybe he likes her. And she yeah. gets a little teary eyed about that. But at the same time, it's like the emotional impact's not as good as what the manga had. Right. And is that also because the manga gave it a little bit more time, perhaps, or... I think so, and it gave it more detail, too. You know, during her mm-hmm. little... Where she talks about, like, blah, 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 you know, I, I always could never be as good as you, you're always better than me, yada, yada, and so forth. And then he goes into his side of it, where he's like, no, I was only good because you were there. Exactly. When he goes yeah, into yeah. that part, it's more detailed than what happens here. Ah, yeah, this time it's just like, I watched you cooking that one time, and you made me think it might be fun. And then that was it, essentially. Hmm. But... Yeah. Speaking of the dishes, though, um, oh yeah, I will say, kind of like, I will say that mm-hmm. I think the first and second season had better food visuals too. Now that's not to say oh, yeah. you know some dishes just did look like a mash of colors without any defining features, like the African ramen or the spear squid kaswa, uh, both created oh, by forget- Rindo. Yeah, 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 the spear. They just looked like forget- a mush of colors. Then again. The souffle Leguer de Grace by Erina and the mushroom Mille Frude stuffed with the Duluxes by Rindo, they looked amazing. They looked delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I per- yeah. think it's perhaps it's because anything bread-based just has greater visual application than something soupy or pureed. But whatever the case is, they just stuck out more. Yeah, I think the food with like broth and meat and such just put in it, it's been done so much. So, you know. Something that's a bit more like pastry based, a little bit more bready, kind of has a little bit more of a kick to it. Also, 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 like, um, I do think that the last, since we're on the subject of food that I did, I did kind of like, I think the last dishes made by someone Arena were a nice tie narratively to, you know, their oh, I loved it. Just. Yeah, I think that was nice. More so than anything, too, because this is also Soma's, his basically his only chance of getting Arena to do a Shokugeki with him. So that's what yeah. he does. He's like, all right, bitch, I just made the best thing I could ever make right now. Outdo mm-hmm. me. 
<laughs> and it's the best part because it's like everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're supposed to be working together. How could you do this? And even Ernie is like, oh my god, you suck so much. But I will outdo you. Fine. You want to see it? Fine. Choke on this, asshole. And it's like, ah, it's they work such as a great team, which... Yeah, it works out really well. Yeah. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. you know, it does bring a little bit of a hindrance to the romantic aspect of this series where, you know, I was, you know, rooting on the side for Megumi. But, of course, what is Megumi's role in this season? To lose. Again. Again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw somebody documented oh, poor this. Girl. I can't it was. I think like she has won before, but she's never won in an official capacity. So whenever she's done like an official match, she gets she gets fucked up all the time. Yeah. Like somebody ratioed her wins and losses. It's sad. It's like anytime she does a big just... thing where it's like, this is her chance. Her big one, she loses. Yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah. no, Megumi. Yeah, and they make a point to point out she has like low self esteem. All the time, and I'm like, well, she's she's doing pretty well, self-esteem-wise, given how much she actually loses, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All things considered. It, I, yeah, it, it kind of sucks. But, you know, she comes out better at the end. Fortunately, you did mention they do skim over her arc. Uh, another arc yeah, she her, takes part in at the end. There is, like, know? an after arc that follows oh. up this season, basically in the manga, right after it, where... Um, they don't cover it at all, so I'll just go into it. That uh, Sho- Soma and um, Megumi, after, of course, winning, spoiler, they go to a, a hotel where they stay together, and it almost gives you like a Megumi x Soma fan. Basically, they're like, ooh, what's going to happen here? Because they even share a room, and it's like, naughty, naughty. Ah. But. Um, yeah. It gives Megumi a chance to be like, I am a good cook. Like, this is, I can defeat this American asshole who showed up and is like, I'm the king of chefs. And she's just like, no, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. And she makes a dish apart. Well, according to the show, I I only saw a snippet because the show doesn't do it very, you know, it doesn't go much into detail. But she makes something that's a homely food that. Yeah, she comes off very motherly. Like, she makes it as like a, like. Come here, Kenji-san. I'll have put your head on my lap, and I'll clean out your ears, kind of thing, and just that euphoric feeling of like being protected by mommy. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So. Or, or like you know, he he has uh, the dude from America almost has the same exact reaction from uh, the 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 bad guy, the bad evil reviewer from Ratatouille. Ah yes, that's it, right. And he immediately begins thinking of his. Uh, the ratatouille his mother used to prepare for him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, this season definitely felt like they were pushing someone and Erina together, while Megumi stood from a side and watched. <laughs> yeah, you can almost see the symbolism of it there, where, like, Megumi loses her match, and then it's almost like, you know, when she apologizes to Erina, like, she's admitting defeat to Erina as well, and I'm like, oh, does that mean that... Yep, she's all, you know, he's all yours now, or... I don't know. There were there were moments. But... I don't know if they really... You, you've read all the manga, so you know if there's actually a conclusion that goes in either of, either of their uh, favor in this. I book. will say this, at least for the romantic aspect, no. There is what? no ending to the romance. Basically, it's just Soma <laughs> works at his dad's diner as the lead chef now, and that's it. 
And everyone goes That's and hilarious. visits him as a daily no. thing that they eat at. But like no. he doesn't meet he doesn't hook up with Megumi, he doesn't hook up with Erina. And this is like years into the future too, where it ends up. Oh so it's like he's older now. He is definitely yeah, in the yeah. age of like he should be having a kid with one of these girls. But yeah. they haven't. The one they focus, the one that they do have more that's completed is um, Ro, uh-huh. Rio and uh, Alice, Erina's cousin or sister Alice? or whatever. Alice. Alice, Rio and Alice. Those two be hitting it off. Uh, okay, that's nice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's somewhat disappointing. It kind of betrays. I think yeah. it was one of the first chapters of the manga. That his dad said that, you know, your true kicking will come, you know, when you um are making something for someone you love is when, like, your true dish will come out or something. He says something like that. I can't remember yep. the exact quote. Yeah, it's exactly but it. That implied to me that the last dish he would make would be a confession dish. But, eh, maybe not. Like, eh, alright, no. fair enough. Do what you do. Oh, by the way, speaking of which, you know, I think you probably know this. You know, you mentioned earlier on about, like, a manga author who seemed like they were like making a doujin or like a hentai first and then they were oh yeah the, the, turn. yeah that, uh, started, that way as well. started exactly yeah. that way where he wanted to make it just you know the clothes yeah. exploding be a bit more naughty yes than mm-hmm. where it went so maybe that yeah. explains what happened but at the same time you'd think a doujin artist would have had a better chance of being like, oh, well, obviously he has to sh- shack up with someone. Yeah, what? you'd think he would tie the knot at the very end, or, you know. Hmm. But, eh, that's uh, here nor there. Maybe um, he's leaving it open for future seasons of Shokugeki where there is adults now, and he'll actually cook years. food for the one he loves, or something like that. Hmm, perhaps, perhaps. Maybe we'll be very surprised and everybody else gets a matchup except for Soma. <laughs> Would not be hilarious. But, uh, yeah. Well, we'll uh, this season comes to an end. The foreshadowing does happen for the next season, which is planned for... It was planned originally, I think, for this summer? My God. And I oh, wait, I think it's out. I, is, is it out? Yeah, I think oh, it's spring, already, right? Yeah. It was going to be spring, yeah. and so um, it's uh, it's coming out, and because uh, I don't think it's out out yet. I don't think like the first episode Let's aired yet. See, keep going. I'll uh, just quickly look this up. But in any case, uh, they set up for the new season that's coming out, where foreshadows a new face that any reader of the manga will recognize as the next big antagonist and the anime Uh also closes out by glossing over that chapter where someone megumi had some alone time together at a hotel Uh yeah yeah so and that's how it concludes uh have we covered most things is there anything we missed uh no the animation is still being done by jc staff um yep. which i do believe i f- i have to say uh they they may have maybe had their dip in quality from the first season because they're working on too many big projects um yeah, with I've double heard season many blame it on that 
yeah, a lot of people have blamed it on that. Like they just take too many projects on now. So yeah, they're, they're even stretched the golden thin. boys get this. Yeah. Um, the voice actress who took over Erina's, I think she's done a bang up job of uh, fully taking over Erina. And even if Risa Tanade came back, I don't think she'd work anymore. Has uh, has this new one managed to adopt the royal twang? Mm-hmm. She's she's got the royal twang, and I think she's molded it to her own though. She's made mm. it her own uh, kind of twang. Where Risa had like a natural twang, uh, Hisako had to work towards it. Aha! Uh-huh. So she, so she's over time managed to usurp the throne of the twang. Yep. <laughs> okay. Cool. So, uh, final thoughts on the anime. What are what are your closing thoughts on it? Then I guess if you were to summarize it in a paragraph. Oh, uh, let's see. I'd have to say, not as good as previous seasons. Okay. A disappointment when it comes to the romantic aspect and visuals for the food, and of course okay. the food gasms themselves. Also, those visuals. However, this still is the only series that really has a stranglehold stranglehold on food anime. Um, right. And really anyone can get behind drooling at food and laughing at the foodgasms. I mean, this is what this is the anime we used when we talked about uh, reviewing an anime during uh, was uh, the other podcast we were on for a second. Skipping my mind right now. Uh, my favorite animes. My favorite animes. So yeah. it was a great you know, when I just started posting images of like foodgasms, they started you know they started eating that up they loved it yeah and uh this still delivers some quality moments but they're Mm -hmm. far rarer yeah so i would say my opinion is it's still download now but only just barely and if they continue downwards next season will be a crackers no doubt Mm mm-hmm Oh, and before chiming in, you usually do it, at least in your reviews, you usually do, like, a favorite character of the season. Who is your favorite right. character? Right, so, previously I've picked Soma and Megumi, but this season, yeah. I can't say I had a favorite. I really, really, really wanted it to be Megumi again. She is the best girl, after all, but mm-hmm. she gets so little screen time this season, and her role is to try her hardest and lose, which we've seen happen to her a few times already. We don't need to see it happen again after the big finale. After her mm-hmm. loss, she gets relegated to the cage crowd, making commentary, and I just did not want that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, and as for Soma, he did get the screen time, but nothing about him changed. He put in as much effort as he usually does, pulled the same wacky Soma hijinks, and that kind of mm-hmm. just fell into the same role as, you know, he just kind of fell into the role of first seat on the Elite Ten. And even he says it doesn't feel earned. So I don't have <laughs> yeah. a favorite character. Oh, not this season. Okay. Not Fair this enough. season, yeah. No. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. So uh, I, my thoughts on it would be, that's it's basically a summation of what we went over for this entire thing. I, I it's I'm a bit sad that um my, my favorite things about Shokugeki is the introduction the like interaction between the colorful characters 
you know, the, the side characters and stuff. So I'm really sad that Kurokiba, Alice, Hayama, all these other side characters kind of are in a cage the whole ep- the whole season and don't get to do much, which wouldn't hurt so much if the Elite 10s were a lot more interesting, but like apart from again like number one and number two, a bit under underdeveloped, you know. Uh, so that's a bit of a shame. There's a, I, I agree with Joseph that the food isn't quite up to par compared to the previous ones, despite the level of cooking on display. But it's not, it's still at the end of the day Shokugeki, so there's that. Um, so my rating for this one is probably a bit, a bit, a bit more of a depth than Joseph's. Mine's is going to be, mine's is a Netflix for, for this Ooh. season. I know. Um, Understandable. Still watchable. Yeah, still enjoy it if you're a Shokugeki fan, no doubt. I'm sure it's still worth a watch. I was entertained, but, you know, I have to emphasize that, the like, oh my god, I, I much better loved their previous take on the tournament arc that was season two, and season one still stands much higher, in my opinion, in terms of just variety of scenes and characters Quality. and settings. And quite, yeah, exactly. There seemed to be a lot more passion going on, you know? Maybe I'm just being nostalgic, but I, I remember we rewatched it and like it still holds up really well, the first season and such. So yeah. Alrighty then. That's it. Yeah. A download for me and a Netflix from you, so that does it. Yeah. For that review. Fusion yep. Ha ended. Indeed. The, we we, we uh, outdid the um, the time limit for the fusion, which is 30 minutes. So we're no longer Joe Chat. No, not Joe Chan. Joe Andrew? Joe Drew? Or Anseth. I don't know how you would actually fuse the names, because the names have to fuse when it's fusion dancing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, we weren't one of the uh, the, the uh, failure fusions. Oh, the fat had. one or the really skinny one? Yeah, you gotta <laughs> do it right, otherwise, yeah. Yeah. But before we go, of course, we have our people we gotta thank. Uh, let's see here. So, looks like the names from Patreon still haven't changed. Alkazero, Shuji, Seraphman, Phantom, and Tag. And everyone who's tuned in for our live broadcast, Blackmagic666, Primaria, Rampant AI, Shield Bro Sequin. I think there are some other people here. Um, Shield Bros. They signed off. No, Shield Bros. here. Yeah, Shield Bros. here. Yeah. And of course, Anonymous, all of our Anonymous sponsors, thank you for keeping us running during these dark times. But, uh, yeah. Until then, until next time, as always, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong. (laughs)